بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم ما بعد we express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala and we seek blessings upon the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam all right <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen we are in our final session of the Ramadanification of the Quran no that's probably not the best way to put it but yeah of our, of our Quran class Sorry, I get I get giddy uh, today. Uh, I, I had a rule in one of my classes that if you're going to use a laptop, you have to sit in the front row, and and because all these students would just stare at their laptops all the time. So I said I want everyone in the class to see what you're looking at when you're looking at it. And there's a student in the class that I called out today because he was looking at his laptop and I said, hey, "You're obviously not paying attention. Read what's on the screen." He's like, oh, what, what? And then everyone started laughing. And then they said, you did a laptop uh, rule for him, didn't you? I said, yeah, I did. Right? And <laughs> he, he was looking on the screen. He's like, where do I read from? And it's literally just a paragraph. And so I just started laughing so hard that I started crying. And I was leaving the room to go get a drink of water. And then I had to stop because I couldn't get a drink of water. You know, So I just sat in my chair crying from laughter. You know? Boss, have I ever done that when you one of your classes with you where I just started laughing so hard I have to leave the room? No, no surprisingly not. Yeah, seriously, surprisingly. In any case, <clears throat> first and foremost, any questions about anything at all that we've covered kind of deeply or lightly or not at all? Any questions? And no, I have not made any decisions or even, even thought about, you know, continuing the class in any format after. But no questions, no thoughts, reflections? Okay, let us complete the section uh, on the fossils. Um, through two and connect the screen. Okay, once again, let me know if you can see the screen or not, or just pretend, you know. Okay. Oh, Jewel said, I had a comment from last class to Quran 7172. I don't recall who asked the question. Basit mm -hmm. did regarding primordial life in the last class. But this is the verse. We're taking time to understand its reality, its beauty, and worth experiencing firsthand. Very nice. Thank you for that, Jewel. Okay. So <clears throat> where we left off at the end of Ayah 20, or in the middle of Ayah 26. Totally wrong on that one. In the middle of Ayah 26. It says that Allah lets some go astray with this, possibly referring to the Quran or to the metaphor, and he guides some with this Quran or this metaphor, but he does not misguide anyone except for the Fasik. And we describe the Fasik as a shameless rebel. <clears throat> this is the one who shows off their sins and their misconduct. And so the easiest example of that, I don't know if it's good to name people by name, but Donald Trump, you know, the people who seem to derive some sort of a pleasure in boasting about their misconduct. So, so right here. <clears throat> Oops, right here. So 
Oh, now the key point to think about is that this is pretty categorical. Allah does not let anyone go astray with this except for the Fasik. So first, we now have four models of belief and rejection. The people of Taqwa, the people of Kufr, people of Nifaq, and the people of Fisk. The people of Taqwa, those who are God-conscious, who are, who are taking Allah as their shield. The people of Kufr, those who are rejecting and have reached a point of no return. The people of Nifaq, the, hypoc- the hypocrites, they're believers on the outside, but rejectors on the inside. And then the Fasik doesn't care what they are on the outside and is just happy to cross boundaries and boast about it. In the next ayah, we then have three attributes of the people of Fisk, of the Fasik. So 27, attribute one, two, three. Number one, they break their pact with Allah after having confirmed it. Break pact with Allah after confirming it. And a common understanding is exactly the ayah that Jewel referred to, which Basith referred to yesterday. Let's look at that ayah. So, 172, Surah 7, Surah Al-A'raf, Ayah 172. And when your Lord took from the children of Adam, from their loins, their descendants, and made them testify for themselves. So this is a moment in pre-history, in pre-eternity, where Allah round up all of the souls of everyone. And asked everyone, am I not your Rabb? And everyone said, Bala, yes, we bear witness. Qalu Bala, shahidna. So that you don't say on the day of judgment that you didn't know. So this gets into the question again, can a non-Muslim go to paradise? And you'll essentially find two schools. One school says no because of this ayah. That everybody innately knows the truth. And over the course of their life, they'll be consciously deciding either to embrace or reject the truth. The truth does not necessarily mean that it's called Islam may not include the prophethood of Muhammad, peace be upon him, but it definitely includes the oneness of Allah, oneness of God. But the other school seems to argue that, yes, this is your innate nature, but it might get so buried that you literally don't know. Allah knows best, but again, everyone agrees that everyone will be treated fairly. Everyone, meaning in terms of scholarship, agrees that all people, when they're being judged, will be judged fairly. You're not going to go to hell unless you deserve to go to hell. And ultimately, Allah is going to determine how much mercy he is going to give and not give. 
Another way to consider this question is that actions are judged by intentions. And so this is a little bit of review, but if <clears throat> someone comes to me in need, expressing need, I give that person some money so that they go away. And let's say they go away. I got the reward that I was seeking. Should I expect anything from Allah? No, because I got the reward that I was seeking from my intention. Or let's say I give some money to someone who's asking out of seeming need, and I don't believe in Allah or the afterlife or anything. Should I expect anything from Allah, the Allah that I don't even believe exists? No. It's up to Allah's mercy if and how much mercy he wants to give me. So if we look through the lens, uh, so because uh, the common notion is, okay, well, what if you're good? Good. Pretty good paradise. If we look through that lens, you know, it's up to Allah's mercy. If we look through the lens of Allah will judge you according to your intentions, that makes the picture more bleak for not only all the things that I did, not in service to Allah, but what to think of someone else who's not even a Muslim. We hope, however, for everyone to not go to hell. So, simple question. How many of you have non-Muslims in your immediate or extended family? I do. Anybody? I'm guessing Marcus does. I'm guessing Jewel does. Um, uh, within probably maximum 20 years, closer to 10, some of you probably even earlier, uh, you're all going to have non-Muslims in your extended family. Nadia does, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> the non-Muslims might be uh, for people who have not, who've gotten married to somebody in your extended family or because of someone who's left the deen. The larger your extended family is, you know, if your extended family, for example, is, is 50 people, then I guarantee you within the next 10 years, probably the next five, you will have uh, at least one non-Muslim in your family, extended family, by virtue at least of marriage, possibly also departure from the dean. You will also have someone on the rainbow in your family and in a couple other things. Absolute. I mean, this is my experience doing this work for, for years. Lulu. Yeah, it was funny. Uh, Kibria and I were talking about that just like last week, how you had said that about 10 years ago to both mm -hmm. of us that you will have non-Muslims sitting at your table mm. within 10 years. And sure enough, we both do. Really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, this is the society that, uh, that we are in. And so it's very easy to point fingers at non-Muslims and say, oh, yeah, we're all going to hell, you know, but when they become part of your family and such, then the conversation becomes very different. Sabrine. Um, what do you mean by on the rainbow? If it is LGBT. what I'm thinking it is. Okay, that's yeah. what I was talking about. Okay. Yeah. If you're extended, and for that, I'd say if your extended family is 25 people or more, you definitely have somebody in the rainbow in your family. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, any other questions, thoughts, reflections on the question of salvation? Okay, so from there, going back to the ayah, 
this, whoever breaks their pact with Allah after having confirmed it, this is the common thing that is looked at as the pact with Allah yeah. that we all made pre-eternity. And a consequence of this is that in our fitrah, our primordial state, we are hardwired with a consciousness of Allah. We are hardwired with an innate sense of right or wrong. But your fitrah could be buried. Just how you're raised. <clears throat> Another way this is looked at, not as much, is let's say you make a promise to Allah. Oh Allah, if you just give me this, I will do this. You know, I had uh, these people attend a lecture of mine. They had a daughter who was really sick. And they made a promise to Allah that if Allah heals their daughter, they're going to pray. They're going to do something like a, a thousand rakats or a hundred fasts or something like that. And their daughter was healed. And then they started going around asking, you know, a bunch of sheikhs, okay, now do we have to fulfill the pact? <laughs> you know, so you made the pact, bro. So, which is interesting. What's the what's the punishment for making for breaking a pact that you have willfully made? You got to fast sixty times. So, <laughs> if you made a pact like out of anger, I swear to God, blah blah blah. Then I mean, it doesn't really count. You know, you shouldn't do those things. You know, the lock out of anger. Anyway, so so this is a um, uh, another common uh, or less common understanding of the breaking the pact with Allah. Second attribute is they split what Allah has ordered to be joined. And this is primarily understood as breaking relationships without justification. So they split what Allah ordered. I'll show you my OneNote screen in a second. Ordered, joined. So. <clears throat> So the question, however, comes up, what if you have a toxic relationship? Objectively, if it is toxic, if it is dangerous for you, if it's dangerous for your iman, then you don't break the relationship, but you may find benefit in keeping distance. Sabrine. Um, so I had a friend recently while she was in labor for like, almost i don't know three days and oh, okay. yes and so, an active yeah an active labor which is while she's pushing for six hours oh. yes so when she was in active labor she swore to god that she was gonna wear the hijab if she can just seek it at this okay. and it did alhamdulillah okay. she got a healthy baby time and to wear the hijab yeah her husband's holding that over her head and she okay, goes well, i nice. <laughs> He's like, and she's like, I'm, my intention is to do that, but I don't want to do it right now and then end up taking it off. So what does she do? Should she just fast or she should, she just. Well, if her intention is to still fulfill the pact, then she should still fulfill the pact. So she may not have said, Ya Allah, if you end this labor easily, I'm going to put on the hijab tomorrow. She probably said, Ya Allah, if you end this labor easily, I'm going to put on the hijab. So technically she didn't give herself a deadline. So oh. she, should, she should just make sure she does it before she dies. Okay, I'll let her know. She'll, Thank you. She's like, yeah. Anyway, so, but the point here is that in terms of relationships, 
you should not break relationships without a real justification. At the very least, or at the very most, if there's a person with whom you have a lot of conflict for whatever reason, or if they're abusive or tyrannical, distance yourself. Better than that is distance yourself with the intention at some point to work on the relationship. This is the common point I give to students who have tyrannical fathers or they feel that they have tyrannical fathers. Uh, so same point, Serene. If it and so let's say, you know, a student comes to my office speaking about an emotionally abusive parent. I'll tell them, okay, for now, sure, keep your distance, but make it the intention that at some point in your life you will work on reconciliation. When, how, no clue. I have no suggestions even, but keep that in the back of your head, even if it's just a one percent possibility. Sabrina, what do you think? Um, can you repeat that? Okay, so I'm basically Sorry. saying, let's say, yeah, you have a person who's actually seriously, not just emotionally abusive, let's say even physically abusive, uh, but they're an immediate family member, like a parent, then my suggestion is, yes, you distance yourself with the intention at some point to seek out a way for reconciliation. What that is, <clears throat> you don't even need to think about it at this moment, but in the back of your head, yeah, it is my responsibility at some point to try to figure out how. I have a list of people that I'm, I should be embarrassed about, that I'm not ashamed to say that when I hear of a train running over somebody, I kind of wish it's one of these people, right? And, and it's because of not so much anything they've done to me as much as suffering they've caused to my daughters, right? Uh, but the point being that they're also in all of my prayers too, like genuine prayers. Wow. And so my intention is to steadily knock people off that list. I've knocked two people off that list. Now it's probably like eight people left. You know, and how do you do? Like, that's really hard, especially to those that have wronged you unjustly, like the ones that have stabbed you in the back pretty much. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of those in my relatives. <laughs> sure. And, and so the basic point being that uh, you at least make the intention that uh, at some point we'll try to find reconciliation. And it may not be for 20 years. What do you think? I don't want to say inshallah and actually not mean it. <laughs> so I'm saying you want to mean it. But yeah, exactly. So inshallah, okay, so I what? will get to yeah. that point one day. Yeah, exactly. And, and in the case of converts, uh, very often I'll have converts who get completely disowned by uh, their family. I mean, uh, I mean, I've seen and heard, you know, I know a person in terms of converts who, uh, this one guy, it's a really sad story, but the sad story is not about the guy, it's about his wife. His wife was a, was a convert. Um, and then uh, she went back home to India, where she was from, after a long time of disconnect from her family. And they were finally opening up to, to meet with her. And they took her to the top of a building and threw her and her children off the building. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, I'm not saying to go into these things blindly, saying, 
you make it your intention, but you may not be for a long time. And I have I have a, a student here. Uh, I mean, this she was like from like six years ago who uh, she converted. Her parents are not all religious. And when she told them that she converted, they dumped her into the street, literally. So that first night she slept on the sidewalk. They would not even let her sleep on the driveway. And so, yeah. Uh, the the point is that we definitely have these things in many families and we don't go in naively about them. The third attribute of the people of Fisk is that they spread corruption in the world. And the reason why I was saying sad story about the husband, you know, about the, the wife, uh, uh, and the kids that were, you know, probably things were done by their family. Uh, eventually, he, he was bringing, he was able to bring himself to remarry, and then shortly after he remarried, his that wife died from cancer. I don't know if he's since then remarried, but yeah, I'll attest different people different ways. So, <clears throat> when we look at these three. What is the common element of all of them? They're all misconduct. The key to misguidance is misconduct. The first is misconduct with a law. The second is misconduct with your family. The third is misconduct with the world. If you have all three, then... Congratulations. If you have all three, you are a loser. This kind of sounds funny because, you know, I often call myself a loser. But here, like literally a loser. And you are, you lose guidance. Now, if you really think about it, this is the fundamental polar opposite of the person of taqwa in every way. The person of taqwa has guidance and has success. The person of fisk, misguided, loss. The person of taqwa, what is the behavior of taqwa? You're putting yourself on guard. The person of fisk, you're just spreading yourself out. You don't really care. Mustafa. What if you genuinely care about having and maintaining healthy relationships as well as um, maintaining the peace in general in said relationships, but... They don't want to? Yeah. <laughs> do like, you, yeah, you still do your side. And <clears throat> if they still say no, then, okay, you've done your part, and then if opportunity presents itself, you try again later on. Okay. So, yeah, a relationship is 50-50. You know. And so, uh, there are things to try. For example, in Surat Fusilat, Surah 41, mm -hmm. Ayah 31 to 33. Uh, I think it's more. Ah. So the good and the evil. La yasta ya la tastawi al hasana wasaya. Yeah. 
what I'll say. Yeah. So the good and the bad are not equal. So give some ahsan, and then you will be tight again with the person with whom you had enmity. What is this goodness? Depends on the person. It could be a gift. It could be courtesy. It could be uh, forgiveness. That's the hard part to figure out what it is. So. But that is part of the globe. You know. Now, you may not want that person as a devoted friend. That's a different thing. But, yeah. So this is the faucet. The uh, the the key to misguidance being misconduct, and the key to complete loss of guidance is misconduct with Allah, misconduct with family, misconduct with the world. So. All righty, any questions about those? And then we'll do the, the final two ayahs of this subsection. Okay, the last part, ayah 28 and 29. It, yeah. Say it again. There's a question in the chat by Jewel. Oh, snap. Okay, Jewel says, do you have some small-scale examples of number three spreading mischief in the land? And then most of say injustices across the globe, small-scale. Oh, this is a wonderful question. This could potentially include the pollution that I am causing with my car. Even though I'm using my car, for the most part, for good intentions, I am knowing that I am also destroying. And, but then we're also kind of stuck, right? So I'm a nerd, so I drive a Prius. Actually, I didn't drive a Prius for environmental reasons. So don't think I'm noble. I drove it because I wanted to pay less for gasoline. And then we could get an EV and pretend that we're helping the environment. But then we're wiping out all these people from the cobalt alone. And then even for the Prius, you got to drive like 200,000 miles for it to actually be environmentally beneficial. And, and so that's one example. Another example, yeah, those of you taking my classes, you know, I always talk about this website, Slavery Footprint, that I encourage all of you to, to take the survey. It's a very quick survey to figure out how many slaves work for you. It takes five minutes. It's been a while since I've taken it. Maybe I'll take it again tonight. And I think my highest number was something like 34 slaves. 87, subhanAllah, seriously. Yeah. Well, I know maybe my number is that high now too. And so, so uh, yeah, a way to think about this jewel is that there's active oppression, you know, like a direct occupation, and then there's passive oppression which is where people are suffering just because of my otherwise quiet lifestyle. I mean, I have a student who has cousins, I may have mentioned before, in Bangladesh who uh, work in sweatshops getting paid 25 cents a day. You know, And so, you know, I buy my clothes not out of style, obviously, uh, more out of cheapness and this and that. And who knows how much forced labor is required just for the clothing that I'm wearing right now. And yeah, electronics is a big part of it, uh, yeah, Mustafa. So that is the point to, to think about. Like here we have 
uh, well, I have a whole box of bamboo plates. I think I mentioned uh, that I was requiring the the iftar. We have iftars every day here, mashallah, and I was requiring the iftars to be completely environmentally conscious. So I have all these bamboo plates that are so biodegradable. They're actually biodegrading sitting in the box. My office smells like puke. And I didn't, I thought it was the dates that were sitting here, but it's actually these plates. Literally, one, one Daisy kid goes, Your office smells like Urti. I was like, Urti, that's the word he came up with for this. Urti, which is literally vomit. Yeah. Yeah, but it is, Alhamdulillah, green iftar um, in a school located on land that was seized by Native Americans. And, and so, if you're living in the United States, probably in the entire West, so then live in a white padded room naked. I mean, that's that's basically how I live at home. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. So the basic point being that passively, even as someone who is completely pacifist and passive and peaceful, you're still probably uh, uh, exploiting a whole lot of people in the world. That is the reality of the modern world. Systemic oppression that cannot be escaped. I mean... Just from this thing, who knows how much damage I'm causing. The answer for that then is systemic change. There's only so much, you know, how much impact will you have by, you know, if we all stopped in this classroom, we decide we're not going to use computers anymore, you know, can't function. So that would be my short answer to your question, Jewel, about local uh, methods of causing of, of misconduct. Any other thoughts, questions about any of these? Okay, so Aya 28 and 29 are essentially the final call for belief. And it's basically a simple, rational argument. At the beginning of this section, Aya 21, once again, how to have belief? Allah is commanding us to do so. Aya 22, how to have belief? Be grateful for everything Allah has been providing for you, so don't make rivals to him. I-23, how to have belief? Come up with something that can compete with the Quran. I-24, how to have belief? Just start developing taqwa. I-25, not so much how to have belief, but you're reinforcing each other by giving them these positives affirmations as my undergrads like to call them okay 26 what's the bare minimum of belief you regard all this as truth even if you don't understand any of it how to have belief don't do misconduct and now 28 how to have belief simple rational argument why or how can you reject allah you were without life he brought you to life he will cause you to die, and then he will bring you back to life, and then to him you'll be returned. Meaning, in our context, what is the argument here? Why would you reject God? You're going to die. There's no doubt about the fact you're going to die. This is something I think I've mentioned, you know, some of you have heard me mention many times. Anytime there's a celebrity who dies, I always find myself going into this meditative moment Wondering what was it all about? So let's say you are the greatest author in the history of fiction. Okay. So let's say you are Shakespeare himself. 
Shakespeare, let's say you're Shakespeare himself, and recognized across the board as the greatest, you know, at least playwright, if not author of all literature in the English language. Is there anybody who would be number two? Any ideas? Yeah, I don't even know, right? He's the goat of, of English language literature. <clears throat> but with his death, uh, is he in a, in a state where he cares about any of that now? That any of that's meaningless to him, right? No. Well, probably not. Hopefully not, you know. Or think of, you know, Christopher Hitchens, who was very vocal as an atheist, went through this massive ideological shift. He used to be this radical leftist. After 9-11, he shifted to the right, became a hardcore capitalist and such. Very vocal about his atheism, very mocking about religion and everything. Like, you have to be stupid to follow religion. And one of my students tweeted after Christopher Hitchens died, saying, well, he believes in God now. You know, but the point being that... You know, all of the stubbornness that came across, because his brother was a preacher, right? Like, what did it get you? You know you're going to die, so who are you resisting? And so this has been, this This is very frequently the subject of my reflection, especially in the case of people who, as part of their fame, did some amount of wrong. Whether it's abusing someone uh, or you know, taking advantage of someone, whatever the case may be. Like, what's the what's the point if at the end you're going to die? This is why I like the movie The Irishman. I don't know if you've... Uh, uh, I mean, Goodfellas, I can't watch as much now because I'm old and I'm soft, but that's like mobsters in their 20s getting older. The Irishman is about mobsters in their 60s, and every time you see a new mobster, you see when and how they die. And the kind of the point that's being made is what's the point of it all? And part of the story of Robert De Niro in The Irishman is... What are you holding on to? You know, what is it giving you? Except maybe some amount of pride. It's costing you everything in your life. He loses his daughter, loses his family. He's by himself in the end, but he has this ring that was given to him by these mobsters that was a big piece of honor. And all those mobsters have died. Nobody even knows him or what the ring means. So what is the point? So this is the question here. Whether you believe it or not, it's Allah that brought you to life, and it is Allah to whom you are going to return. So why fight it? The final rational call. And then from there, Allah is the one who created for you everything that is in the earth. So now the, the carrot. And then he directed himself to the heavens, made them into seven heavens. Allah is the one who knows all. This is also the beginning of the next section here, speaking about the earth and such. Then we get into the story of the origins, Adam and Eve, and so forth and so on. All righty. And that completes the section. Any questions, thoughts, reflections about any of that? Nothing. Silence. Waiting for Iftar. My face is dark again. I need to pray more to get some more nude on my face. Or what if I just go closer to the light or something? Anyway, so no questions, thoughts, reflections? Just absolute stillness. All righty. Then guess how we're going to finish off? We're going to finish off with another Jazakallah circle. All righty. So 
Uh, let's see. Basit. Mustafa. Hmm. Sorry, repeat the same thing I did. Oh, oh wait, oh, wait, you did him the last time. No, 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 I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I did not. Okay, got it. I, a, I did it as an extra credit. Yeah, uh, Mustafa, for all your input, uh, and very thought provoking, uh, uh, things that uh, you had said all throughout the class this Ramadan. Um, and uh yeah it was really um really insightful stuff uh you brought a lot to the table so jazakallah khair for that mashallah mustafa bilal um jazakallah bilal for all that you added to um the class and conversation you're one of the active participants and you also graced us with your camera on which makes a big difference in classes that are online um, also, stellar smile. Keep it. Yeah, it's, it's the Muzaffar smile. See? Yeah. Okay. Bilal, Sabrine. Jazakala, Sabrine, you asked really good questions throughout. And I think, like, you, it was you and Nadia both. I felt like asked, like, really, like, relevant questions about just, like, um, like tying everything into like modern day like issues and things like that and it just like really got me thinking and I probably have in like my notes somewhere like Sabrine's question like with like stars around I'll try to find but um, really appreciate that like kind of like thought-provoking conversations. Very good. Sabrine, Nadia. You're on mute. Sorry I met my daughter's recital so it's kind of loud. Bruh, why don't you um, focus on the recital? I'm sorry. It's practice. It's practice. Okay, okay. They're not very good. <laughs> um, but Jazakallah khair Nadia for also actually the, the thought-provoking questions. I wish that I was able to focus and be more available to have an actual... Um, have had I don't know how to say that like more intimate Jazakallah I'm sorry but with two kids and all their schedules it was really hard to be attentive and Nadia has like 15 kids so she understands yeah thank you well thank you for her questions and her presence in general Nadia Jewel I don't know if Nadia's there I did do it last time, Professor. Oh, you did? Okay, yeah. how about uh, Sadia? Now they do Sadia. Okay, I'm um, Jazakallah Sadia. I'm also in a grocery store right now, multitasking, <laughs> very embarrassing, which is why I don't have my camera on. But thank you, Sadia. Your um, your questions were, I actually really enjoyed them. They were very thought provoking. You never let Professor Muzaffar get away without like a good enough answer. You'd be like, explain again. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I didn't get that. Um, so I feel like you added so much to the class. And, um, you know, I got a lot out of it because of the questions that you asked. So does that go on? Very good. Sadia to Jewel. Um, Jewel, uh, first of all, I um, really like your name. Um, beautiful name, mashallah. Um, I don't know you, but you have asked some great questions and 
they have really added to my knowledge um, and made me reflect further. Um, so I really, really appreciate it um, whenever you said, oh, I have a question. So, um, so thank you so much for uh, participating in the class and uh, being here. And thank you so much, Nadia, for your beautiful um, Jazakala words. And Thank Jewel, in whatever way you're comfortable, to Lulu. And so you're welcome to type it out if you like. Sadia and Nadia, you may have met Jewel back in the Convert Connection days, uh, if you were there back in the day. Oh, I might. Yes, I was. But yeah, I might have to see the face to really recognize. I forget names. So, so Jewel is probably typing. Hey, Lulu, are you there with Gibria? Yeah, he walked away. <laughs> oh. Okay, then you can bring this full circle then if Gibria's not there. Who do we start with? With Bassett. How about with Bassett? Uh, okay. Oh, I'm reading Jules thing. One second. Uh, I feel honored to be striving with you for knowledge and thank you for being my sister and the dean in general and in my orbit. Very nice, Mashallah. Very nice. Uh, I don't think I've heard you talk and I myself haven't been very active, obviously. Um, it's tough to get on a Zoom call when you've been on Zoom all day. Um, but Alhamdulillah, for being on camera and, and being part of this class. And I hope we cross paths uh, in the future. So to put in perspective, uh, Basit is the Kibria of Chicago. Oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> or Gibria is the uh, the Bosseth of Detroit. Yeah. And Sabrine, you had a question. Actually, it's for Nadia. Um, you said she's got kids. I'm just curious. I sent you a text last night. Mira today, when she saw me on Zoom, she goes, did you ask your class, um, what did she say, to about God? Um, I don't know if you got my text message. Yesterday, she asked me to see God. Wait, are you talking and, to Nadia or to me? Yeah, I got your text. Yeah, to Nadia, because I, oh. I, I really thought I was doing an okay job at explaining things until she had a full meltdown yesterday because I told her what happened to the cat in the grave. And then all of a sudden, all these questions came up that I didn't know how to answer a four-year-old to, and they were beyond her age so she reminded me again right now she goes did you ask your class to explain god i'm like no i haven't asked my class yet how old is she Sabrina? Yeah, she's she's four. Oh wow <laughs> i've got a five-year-old and uh, yeah. older children but um uh, she wants to see god i mean i've yeah. my ch child hasn't asked me that but i always you know, when I point to like Mecca or the Kaaba, I'm like, this is as close as we get. Maybe just tell her that God is invisible and everywhere. Does she understand invisible? She does. I would just keep I just... it in simple, simple, you know? Okay. They'll think it's like a superpower, right? Yes. Inshallah. But I think uh, Professor Muzaffar probably has a better, better answer than I do. Sure, inshallah. Yeah. yeah, we can discuss later, inshallah. Oh, Kibria is back. Hey, Kibria, why don't you do uh, Jazakallah to Lulu? Jazakallah. Uh, uh, I knew you were going to put me on a spot like that. 
He's not used to it, though. So how do I do it? Okay, enough, enough of the speech. Go for as, it, as please. As a counselor, would you mind guiding me how to do this? Okay, repeat after hard. me. Repeat after okay. me. Go ahead. My dear, my dear Lulu. My dear Lulu. Is she, is she there? Like you're because you're looking yeah, at yeah. me when you're saying this. Okay. Absolutely, she's here. Yeah. Go ahead. Go on. Lulu, are you there? I am. Okay, my dear Lulu, may Allah reward you. Praise the Lord. Okay, may Allah reward you for just being in my life. For just, <laughs> wow, these these are tough for being in my life. I mean, and I know what a pathetic, horrible husband I am. Okay, now now this this is scripted for sure. You probably but, use counseling, but say it. How pathetic and horrible Bengali I am. Go ahead. Husband, I said husband. Husband, husband, yeah. I am. Uh, but, but I appreciate that you give me the space to try. <laughs> appreciate the space you give me to try. There. And I'm sorry. Did you write I'm it sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That I didn't dance at our wedding. Oh. Wow, that I didn't dance at our wedding. Yes. <laughs> and... Omar Muzaffar is my hero. Okay, anyway. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Give yeah. me Was uh, Omar Muzaffar present at your wedding? No, 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 Dang no, it. no. Yeah, I said Omar Was he? No. No. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Oh, There's only one person in this whole class whose wedding I was present for. Yeah. I invited, I invited, not only did I invite Brother Omar, but I asked him to do a nikah, and he just disappeared. Was busy. He didn't even show up? trouble starts that's that's where he shows up like you know he yeah. wants to be the Jesus for all of us but that's fine let's understand we appreciate you, you know, just know that you want me i want to be the Jesus for all of you yeah that's what you said <laughs> yeah, with a y brown yeah. jesus for us anyways yeah. in any Sorry, case so- what are you saying Gabriel? no i'm saying jazakallah khair to you by the way no thank you for all nice. the, that you do for us uh I'm sure you know you know that we appreciate you, but like in serious all seriousness, you know you're sitting here because for all of us, not just to connect and get closer to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, but the fact that you are consistent and you're committed, you do give us a tough love. But you know, I, I'm sure every one of us are much more connected to Allah Subhanahu because of you and your knowledge. Inshallah, I mean, Allah, we're able to continue to carry on because your legacy. And sure, all of us are very grateful for like you know you being part of our life uh, despite all the things happenings. In your personal life with your mm-hmm. you know your marriage and all that so really oh, you don't have to go there man. <laughs> hold on you went you went there so i'm gonna fair enough up. fair enough okay all that's right fair. uh and also to everybody else you know we're we gonna we're gonna put some we're gonna put some ed for you inshallah okay i'll uh, take you yeah. get in contact with everybody else but you guys you know i'll text you guys my number but the point is again like let us appreciate you because you know we we definitely do appreciate you and, and you know let us show us not just in dua but and also showing up for you when you need uh, when you need it right so I appreciate it. Thank you. May Allah bless you. I'd like to add as well. Yes, um, Hamza, you are a very big reason. Um, one of the very big reasons why I've gotten uh, closer to Allah is because of the things that you have taught me, and I, I have not only uh, tried to uh, put that in play and practice those uh, teachings as well, but I just about anybody and everybody else I teach the same thing too. For example, like du'a and like you know when you ask a du'a how you need to actually uh, see the du'a, right? Uh, actually believe that it's going to be accepted. So many other things. I um, Many, many, many examples that you have mm-hmm. uh, uh, given me, which is why, like Kibria, I have been, Kibria, I have been pushing Brother Omar so many times to give me a year-round class, just like, you know, 
do go through the Quran. I there aren't many very pet there aren't very many people who I would like to do this with. And like with Omar Zafar, I've been asking him to give me the time, you know, inshallah, to be able to do that as well. Because subhanAllah, it's uh seriously, yeah, um, yeah, it's it's an amazing thing that you have been doing for everybody, brother Omar bless you immensely. And give you the highest level of Jannah, Jannah for those. I mean, uh, I mean for all of us. I mean, for one, all of us. One thing. Hey, uh, man, hurry. Hold on, hold on. One thing you mentioned, like in in you know, retrospecting when it comes to just like you know, or was that for impact? By the way, like he literally, uh, you know, like literally saved me from going crazy and extreme. Like if it wasn't for oh, him, like, that's, that's yeah. bossy over there too. But yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. All right. Tell me, like uh, I don't know, like in my screen. This is the the Kibria of Detroit, and this is the Basit of Chicago, right there. Yeah. So. Zakhlaq. Alrighty. So, Mashallah, thank you very much for for the Zaks, the Zakhlaq as well. May Allah tell reward all of you for also participating in 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 the class, actively participating, Inshallah. And we'll all cross paths again. And Mustafa's the newbie out of, of everybody on this screen, um, but all of you others, for some reason, you keep coming back. But. Uh, yeah, may Allah tell you all. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. May Allah tell you all. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And Eid Mubarak, but still, there's still a By the way, uh, one of the biggest prayers you can possibly do is tahajjud, and one of the biggest nights for tahajjud is the night before Eid. So uh, try to do tahajjud, um, not just to, uh, maybe even tonight, but the night before Eid. Big, big, big uh, prayer. So. <laughs> Um, Matt, have they? Sky's yeah. awesome. Uh, what are you saying, Sabri? Has Eid been confirmed? Because I was under the impression it's Friday, and now Mahmoud's telling me that it's looking like it's Saturday. The calculations people say it's Friday. I'm a moonsider, and it's still probably going to be Friday. But we'll Inshallah. find out tomorrow night, inshallah. Okay. inshallah. All right. Assalamu alaikum, everybody.